got your catchers out today, yeah? Wonderful. Thank you, Dave. Last Sunday, we started just a couple of weeks that I'm doing on the spirit of increase. Everybody say the spirit of increase. Stand to your feet right now. Turn to someone. Give them a high five and say the spirit of increase. Come on, we're going to say this verse. Are you you ready for this while you're standing? The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Everybody say this. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my kids. Look at at least 14 people and say, the Lord will increase me. More and more, me and my kids. Look at another 27 and say, The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, you can take your seats. Yeah. Have you got your catchers out today? We started to catch something last week and we're carrying on catching it today. It's really important that we catch this. This is not just a teaching. It's something that we catch. Come on, I thought this was the better crowd. It's something that we catch. Something that we catch. Some things in life are caught. You don't just get taught about prayer. You got to catch the spirit of prayer. I can remember I was in I was in Aarhus over in Denmark uh, some years ago, and one of my heroes, Pastor Phil Pringle. Um, one of my heroes for the last 25 years, uh, was speaking at a pastor's conference there and he talked about the spirit of prayer. And he invited people up. It was only a small you know, gathering or so. And um, he invited people up the front afterwards and it was just the action. It wasn't about what he did and what he prayed and all this sort of stuff. It was the action of stepping forwards This is why sometimes altar calls, as we call them, are so important. It's not just about who prays for you. It's about the decision. I'm stepping into something new. I'm stepping in. This is a new day for me. I'm standing up to be counted. I'm stepping forwards. I'm going to be what God, I'm I'm, I'm putting my, my stake in the ground. And I stepped forwards and I knew what I was doing. And it was about catching a spirit of prayer. Well, it's the same thing really today, and I'm not inviting people forward necessarily, but it's, it's saying, come on, I'm going to catch something today, and this is going to affect my life today. Are you with me? We found out last Sunday that it is God's will for us to increase more and more. There's so many things in life want to seem to want to force us to decrease and become less in life. And we went through about what God wants us to increase in last week. And it's really important that we understand the context of the spirit of increase is us and our kids. We've already talked about the fact today, because it's Father's Day, that, that, you know, there's something in our heart that wants our kids to go further than we've ever been. Well, that's, that is the spirit of increase. Can I hear an amen this morning? And why, you know, I said this last week, it is... The nature of divine life on the inside of us to desire to increase. How do we know 
that we're on fire for God? How do we know that we're excited about the kingdom? How do we know that we've got a heart after God? We know it because there's something on the inside that desires increase. And that is expecting it. It is, it is that God part of you on the inside. When God has breathed life, what happens on the, in, on the inside is a spirit of increase erupts. I want to fly higher. I want to, I want to have greater faith than I've ever had. I want to release more compassion than I've ever released. I want more abundance in my life than I've ever known. Increase on the inside is the result of having a heart after God. It's the evidence of having a heart after God is that we desire to increase. And somebody in the Bible that I think, that I think carries an incredible spirit of increase. So many people in the Bible. In fact, every time God touches somebody, something increases. <laughs> something goes further. But there's somebody in the Bible, you know, I'm inspired by so many incredible people in the Bible. Abraham is just one of my heroes and King David and obviously Joseph and just, you know, just so many people and God touched their lives and brought transformation and they just became something incredible, really. Everybody from Abraham to Jabez, I mean, just different people had incredible testimonies of what God did and how increase happened in their lives. But somebody in the Bible that always inspires me is Elisha. Elisha is an incredible Old Testament prophet who <coughs> was used by God to bring in incredible breakthroughs. Amazing things happened when Elisha turned up. The first we read of Elisha is there he is in the, in the field and he's, he's a farmer. He's plowing. Forget this. He's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Now, 12 yoke of oxen, I'm led to understand, is 24 animals. 12 yoke. Every yoke has two. I wouldn't want to try to control one oxen. 24 of the things. I mean, the guy's a monster. Steering that, there's something on his life. There's something there. Not just physical strength. There's something that lives his life on purpose. There's something which, which says, I want to be more. I want to go further. There's something that isn't happy with just a little two-inch furrow. He's plowing a new uh, London underground there. <laughs> I mean, this... He's unstoppable. He hits a rock. The rock is shattered as these 12 yoke of oxen plow through his field. What an incredible man. And there he is focused and he's plowing and he's working. And Elijah, not Elisha, that's the one we're talking about. Elijah, who was the prophet that sort of preceded Elisha. Elijah walks past and his cloak just happens to touch Elisha. And Elisha has an encounter with God. Something happens which is life-changing for Elisha. Straight away, he sacrifices his 12th yoke of oxen and he starts to follow Elijah from that point. 
And just as I was preparing this the other day, and you know, today's not a challenging day. Today is a day to catch hold of something new again in the spirit of increase. But you know, just as I was preparing this, I really felt God challenged me and he said, what are you, what am I prepared to burn to get more of the increase from God? See, he sacrificed his option and he burnt all the apparatus. He said, you know what? Everything changes right now. Everything that's been holding me back to how I've lived, everything changes right now. Everything changes. This is a new day. And I want to declare, I'm not going to be all, all super spiritual today and all weird, but I want to declare today that there is a new day in the body of Christ. There really is. There is a new move of the Spirit. There is a new thing happening in the body of Christ. For some years, I've been saying that the church in this nation has only been 2.8% of people, you know, actually go to church. Well, in Jesus' name, that is changing in our generation. There is something taking place in the body. There's a new generation, right? up of people who are hungry for God. They're not hungry for what you and I have known for the last 30 years. They want something greater. They want something more. They want something that's, that's a reality in their lives. What am I prepared to burn to get more increase from God? You see, Elisha is this incredible man. Amazing Accounts of increase. Everywhere he went, he seemed to pour out something that caused somebody else to increase. So we're just going to learn five things from his life today. You got your catchers out, yeah? We're going to catch this. Number one, and I've already begun to hint on this. Number one, start well. Start well. Why don't we say that? Start well. I've heard so many times that um, the emphasis has been on this, finish well. Yeah, I've been to so many pastors' conferences and they say, finish well. Because so many people burn out in the ministry. Finish well. Somebody asked me the other week, how, how come you've been going so long? I felt like I'm not that old. <laughs> You're really ancient. How come you're still going? No, that's not what they said. But they said, you know what? It seems to be that, the, you know, a lot of things come and go. A lot of things start and they don't, they don't finish. They just end. Or they, or they collapse or they fall apart or they, or they go off track or whatever it is. And I've been to so many conferences and so many conversations I've had where where people say, make sure you finish well. Make sure you end well. Make sure you go out in a glorious way. Make sure you don't just fizzle out. Make sure you hand something on in a better state than the way you got it. And we're starting a series really about our, uh, the stuff we're leaving behind. Legacy. What we will be known for. But I want to say this today, that God wants us to start well. In fact, how we start so often determines how we carry on. How you join a church, how you go into a relationship. Hello? 
How you start something sets the values and the culture of that thing. So don't start something in compromise. Oh man, it's a bit deep this morning. Don't start something with bad values. Don't say, oh, once it's established, you know, I'll do it the godly way. No, start it the godly way. Oh, but that means I'll be persecuted. No, don't worry about that. Start it the right way. I remember having a conversation with somebody many, many years ago. This was in 1986. And they were in the, they were guitarists and they were in the industry and they were playing with some pretty serious names. And I wasn't trying to push or anything like that, but I said, you know, does anybody know you're a Christian? Oh, no, I'm not telling them yet. Oh, when are you going to tell them? Not that you go into a new job and say, hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. No, you don't do that. That's weird, okay? That's weird. But, you know, you don't hide your lamp under a lampstand and put your light under a bushel, you know. You don't do that. But, you know, you have wisdom and sensitivity. We, have, we understand all that. But I said, you know, how long until you tell them? They said, oh, no, I'm not going to tell them until I'm a person of influence. And then I'm going to unveil the fact that I'm a Christian. And then I'm going to turn the world upside down because now I've got all this influence and then I'm suddenly going to come out as a Christian. And I didn't say this, but I thought, well, that's stupid. It's just absurd. It's just upside down. The Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Lord. Why don't we just trust God with all of our plans and our purposes and our, the stuff before us and let God open us up to become a person of influence? You don't have to hide anything. Now, you have to be sensitive. But you don't have to hide something in some scheme that one day you're going to draw the curtains back and reveal how awesome you really are. <laughs> no, it doesn't work, does it? Start well. Elisha started well. I love this man. He started well. We just found out that he sacrificed his 12th yoke of oxen. I mean, what a way to start in the ministry. That's it. Old is gone. I'm, I'm in. Hook, line and sinker. I'm in this thing. I'm not going to keep a couple of oxen in case this doesn't work. I'm doing this. I'm not going to keep a plan B going on in case Elijah turns out to be a freak. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I know what I've just experienced. I know what this is. This is amazing. I've just experienced the presence of God. I am in. And you know what? How I've got to be careful, but so often how we go on in our Christian life is dependent on how we first receive Jesus when we first give our life to Jesus. You know what, if we give our life to Jesus because we think, oh, you know what, I'll have a better life, I'll be more blessed, uh, I'll be more favoured, and uh, it'll be all good, and God will be good to me, and I'll be all this. No, that, that's not why you give your life to Jesus. You give your life to Jesus because he died on a cross for you. Hello? That's why you give your life to Jesus, because he died for you. It's not for what you get, it's for what he did. Now the benefits are out of this world. It's amazing. You get the goodness, you get the blessing, you get the healing, you get the increase. But 
How you start, the focus on what you start. If you start the Christian life to get something, hello? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. Seriously. If you, if you give your life to Jesus to get something, then that's upside down. No, you give your life to Jesus to give something. To give your life to God and say, Jesus, be my boss, be my Lord and be my Savior. The night I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't know anything about the benefits of salvation. I didn't know about healing. I didn't know about anything anyway. And I just found out Jesus loved me and he died for me and I gave my life to Jesus. And you know what? I burnt my 12 yoke of oxen. I mean, almost physically. In fact, I did. I had a bonfire in the back garden. Seriously. I got all my clothes that I used to wear, I burnt them in the back garden. Down there on the driveway, we've got a garage in the back garden at the back and on the driveway, and I had a bonfire and I burnt my clothes. You would have burnt them too if you'd seen them. (laughs) My word, the stuff I used to wear. God forgive me. (laughs) The T-shirts and the, the bondage trousers and the stuff. My Lord. I went back upstairs, and again, this isn't about, it isn't about what, you know, I, you just have to get this, what God had, you know, done in my, I, I needed to burn some oxen here. Yeah, I needed to get rid of the old, because it was destroying my life, and I went upstairs, I got all my albums, I had loads of albums, stuff that I would not want you to listen to. Seriously, there was one band I used to listen to, Public Image Limited, Pill, used to be the singer of the, of the Pistols. I was really into Pill. And, and they did this song about, about Christianity and religion. And in that song, they call God a dog. And they call the Virgin, well, in fact, I won't tell you what they call the Virgin Mary, because it's obscene. That's the sort of stuff I used to feed, you know, feed on. Hated religion. Angry stuff, violent stuff, abusive stuff. And I got all that stuff and I smashed it up in the garden and I burnt it and I put it, I put it on the fire and it melted. <laughs> it didn't quite burn. But you know what? There are times to say all things have got to become new. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. Can I say there are too many Christians who are entertaining stuff that is really, you know, we would be far better off if it was out of our lives. Now, we don't ever stand on this platform, and I don't, and I just, this is not how we do it. We don't preach against sin. I don't stand up here and preach against this, and uh, holiness, 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 and you shouldn't this, and you shouldn't that, because you know what? Uh, Why the heck would you try to build a church, and then the people who come start judging them? Why would you do that? Why would you stand up on a Sunday and say, oh, preaching against homosexuality or preaching against alcoholism or preaching against drug addiction? Why would you stand up on a platform preaching against the very people that Jesus wants to bring in? Why the heck would you do that? Come on, I'm preaching better than you than you're responding. See, so often what the church has done over years is preach to the people who are judging everybody else. It's just wrong. It's upside down. Let God be God. 
Preach for the goodness of God. The Bible says that it is the goodness of God that causes people to change their mind. But let's not forget that in all of our desire to be inclusive and inviting and everybody's happy and everybody's welcome and we want everybody in the church, let's not forget that we are in the business of seeing God save people's lives. Save people's lives. See, Elisha was a guy who made wholehearted decisions. And today we're talking about the spirit of increase. And Elisha carried this thing upon his life. And I reckon the way he started determined the the stuff that he experienced and what he was able to give out for the rest of his life. He said, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going for it wholeheartedly. Can I hear an amen? Amen. (laughs) What did he do? He came straight in. He started well. He went straight in serving somebody else's vision. So, you know, so often I can remember when I first got saved, it was all about me, 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 me. What God's done for me and oh, it's awesome. And yeah, I burnt stuff and I'd given my life. But you know what? It was all about me, 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 me. But you tend to grow up over the years and find out it's all about everybody else. It's all about everybody else. It's all about everybody else. The Bible says he who seeks to save his life will lose it. He was wholehearted. He was passionate. He was so stirred up on the inside and it really had something to do with the way he started. So let's all say this, start well. Point number two. Uh, You know, Elisha, incredible man. He knew how to place a demand on the realm of the Spirit. That sounds a bit deep for a Sunday morning. We don't do deep Sunday mornings. But you know what? I want us to get this today. I want us to catch it. It's not just a teaching. This is something for us to carry. This is something for us to catch. It's something for us to embrace and to lay hold of. Elisha knew how to place a demand on the realm of the Spirit. What do I mean by that? When he found out, God spoke to him and told him that Elijah was going to be going. And the way Elijah went was just incredible. Caught up in a chariot of fire and horses and chariots of the Lord and his horsemen. And it's amazing. Glory of God comes in a whirlwind and takes him away. And he said to Elijah, he said this, and I want you to catch this this morning. He said this, give me a double portion than what you carried. Give me twice as much as what you ever had. I mean, that sounds arrogant, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like you? Who do you think you are? But you know what? He wasn't being arrogant. He was placing a demand on the realm of the Spirit. He was placing a demand. I don't just want... The principle of God is not for things to go backwards or to stay the same. God is the Spirit of increase. And when God passes something on, it gets bigger. And if there's something in the Word of God about a double, then you know what? I want it. I want it. Oh, well, Pastor Jay, you know, we've all been in those services where double, fresh. And everybody goes, woo, fire all out on the floor. Double, 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 double. Double for your trouble. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, please, get a life. My word. We go through all this stuff and we get up and we go home the same way. Why? Because no one's placed a demand on the realm of the Spirit. 
No one's placed a demand. No one said, you know what? I'm committed to this. Not just somebody splattering me with some oil or putting a hand on my head. Oh, I've got a double portion now. Oh, hallelujah. No, it's not that at all. It's come on. If it's in the Word of God, then I'm going to do what it takes to lay hold of this in Jesus. I'm going to lay hold of this. Not just somebody give it to me. I'm going to press in. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to give. I'm going to go for this. I want the double portion. And it's a passion on the inside. You don't receive double casually. Is this okay? You don't receive double casually. No one can just give you a double. Hello? Oh, it's only in the Bible once. No, it's not. It's in the Bible twice. Isaiah 54. Instead of your shame, you will have Double honour. Read that in context. Instead of being in debt, you're going to have twice as much as what you ever need. Honour in that context is actually speaking about financially. There's a double thing that's going on. And I don't just think it's a season for double. It's something to press in for. And I don't know how you want to apply that, but I want to release it in Jesus' name and say, come on, press in for the double. Maybe it's a business thing. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a physical fitness thing. However you want to apply it, come on, be somebody who says, come on, I'm going for this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to push in. I'm going to stir up the faith of God on the inside of me. And I'm not giving up until I see the breakthrough that God has for me. And I release and I receive in my life the double portion for what God has for me in Jesus' name. He knew how to place a demand on the realm of the Spirit. When, you know, um, he goes up, Elijah goes up, and this mantle, the cloak of Elijah falls on Elisha, or falls down and he picks it up, and he goes to the Jordan. I love this. And he says, where is the God of Elijah? And he takes that jacket and he strikes the Jordan with it. Something stirs in me. I've been hit by so many jackets in meetings like this. Seriously. I've hit so many people with my jacket. We used to get our jacket and smack people with it. I used to run all over the chairs smacking people with my jacket. Come on. Again, the jacket doesn't carry anything. It's us pushing in. It's us pushing in to the... But... This is awesome. Where is the God of Elijah? He said. He placed a demand on the realm of the Spirit. He says, I'm going to prove that God is upon me like he was up upon Elijah. During that whole period, there's this, all these sons of the prophets were hearing from God and they were, and they were all coming up to Elisha saying, God's taking Elijah today. God's going to take him away from you today. God's going to take him away from you today. I mean, there's always bad news around, isn't there? Hello, when God's about to break through and you know it's your time, someone's going to come and tell you you're going backwards. Someone's going to come and tell you it's all going wrong. Someone's, you know, there's you saying double portion and, there, and there's everyone else saying it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But I love Elisha's response. You know what he said? Excuse the vernacular. He said, shut up. I'm not listening to you. 
You see, if you're going to receive the spirit of increase and if you're going to live your life in that realm of increase, and I, you know what? We're in such a season in the church and I want it to affect every family, every life. What The grace that is upon Citygate needs to impact every family. But if that's going to happen, we, we need to be taking our jackets saying, where is the God of Citygate? Where is the God of Abraham? Where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elisha? Where's the God of Gideon? Where's the God of the Apostle Paul? Where's the God of Peter? Where's the God of the Lord Jesus Christ? And expect something to break through. Point number three as we begin to close. If I can have the band up, please. Point number three, expect God to show up. Expect God to show up. If we're laying hold of the spirit of increase, I want to say this to us, and it's, it's a great statement, but it's got a little bit of a challenge in there, and it's this. We need to be people like Elisha was, who was comfortable with impossibility. Comfortable with impossibility. You see, we all love the expression, all things are possible to he who believes. Anybody love that one? Yeah? Anybody love the one with God? All things are possible. Amen? But you know what? To be able to prove those things, you need to be in a position of impossibility. And to be in a position of impossibility is the most uncomfortable position to be in. Dear God, I've been there so many times. This is impossible. Never going to happen. Can't happen. Everybody says it won't. They proved it wouldn't because it didn't with them. Can't grow a church in London. Can't build your own buildings. No church can have great growth. Churches are shrinking. No church can have men and women in equal portions. It's 80-20, don't you know? 90-10. There's always people coming up saying it's getting worse. Always people coming up wanting to reduce. Always people coming up. You know what? We've got to believe in the God for all things are possible with he who believes and all things are possible with God. Expect God to show up. No matter how desperate the situation, God can always do something suddenly. Oh, I love that. Stories in the Bible, accounts in the Bible, so many of them. I love the one of the four. It, actually, it's a story about Elisha. Um, and they're under siege. Everyone's starving. And these four guys, outcasts, skin diseases, lepers, say, why wait here till we die? Someone's got to do something. And they got up with the spirit of increase on their life. Hello? They got up with the spirit of increase and they said, someone's going. And they started to drag themselves over to the enemy camp and said, perhaps they'll feed us and spare us. And they go over there and the God made them sound like an army and they fled and the whole thing turned around suddenly. Within 24 hours, it went from starvation to abundance. There are also accounts in the Bible where things took time. We understand that. And they have to endure times of hardship. But you know what? If we're going to carry the spirit of increase, we've got to expect God to show up suddenly. 
We've got to expect God to do something. Anybody say amen this morning? Point number four, very quickly. We need to give God something to work with. We need to give God something to work with. Elisha, we find out from Elisha and so many other people that God fills empty vessels. He fills empty vessels. He doesn't fill full vessels. Now, of course, we can refer to ourselves with that and say every time, every day, every time, God, fill me again, fill me again, fill me again. But let's not just have that as some, as some you know, traditional thing we do and we pray at God, fill me with your Spirit again. That's a great prayer to pray on a daily basis. But let's give God something to work with. You see, the Spirit of increase needs to fill something. It needs space to move. It needs something to occupy. It needs room. It needs territory. Let's give God some faith for the Spirit of increase to fill that. Let's give God some expectation for the spirit of increase, to fill our expectation. How big, how how large, how expansive is your expectation today? Let God fill your expectation. So many times increase happens. In fact, I would say every time in the Bible, increase happens because of compassion. God moves by compassion. God, God fills a heart of love. And if we have a desire to be compassionate with others, God's going to fill that with increase. Point number five as we close. Understand God's kingdom principles. Catching the spirit of increase today. I've already covered this a little bit in the offering, but you know what? There are so many people who have, who have what the Bible talks about a... Um, a mentality that is the more I get, the bigger barn I'll build. The bigger barn I will build. And Jesus sort of corrects that a little bit and says, no, it's not about the bigger barn you build. It's about being more of a blessing, more of an influence. God will bless you to be a blessing. He who seeks to save his life, Jesus said, will lose it. He who loses his lower life will gain the higher life. And the higher life is a life of increase. All the time we're trying to protect and keep secure our lower life, the spirit of increase is being restricted in our lives. But if we are prepared to lose our lower life in order to gain his higher life, the spirit of increase can flood through everything that we are and everything we do. Kingdom principles. What is kingdom principles? Raising up other people to carry something greater than you and I carry. Again, Elisha, you'll find this in the book we're just about to give out, the magazine, that that I talk about it just a little bit there. The sons of the prophets come to Elisha and say, this place is too small for us. We want to go and build something bigger. And And you know, Elisha, I love his spirit. He says, go for it. What an incredible spirit of increase he carried. He said, go for it. I'll come and help you build. I'll come and help you build something that's far bigger than I've ever experienced. Jesus had the spirit of increase on his life. Go and you'll do greater works than I've ever done. The spirit of increase is not about having more. It's about being able to give more and become a distribution center. Wow. Kingdom principles of increase. So many times the disciples came up and said, increase our faith. 
Jesus said, sow a seed of faith and build bigger faith. Grow it. Everything works by seed time and harvest. Lord, we need a breakthrough financially. Then sow something. Lord, I need a, I need a new job. We'll sow something in the job you got. Oh God, I need something. I need this. I need that. No, if we see everything coming to us as a harvest, it'll change how we live our life. Everything God wants to come back to us as a harvest. Oh Lord, I need more joy in my life. Sow some joy into somebody. Bring joy to somebody else. Oh Lord, I need more wisdom in my own life. Give some wisdom to somebody else. Everything operates by seed time and harvest. Come on, do you get anything out of that today? Let's stand to our feet in this place. Come on. We're going to believe God right now. We've got our catchers out. Last week, we really caught hold of this. And today, we've, we've laid hold of some principles. Come on, let's lift our hands to God right now, shall we? Father, we thank you that you release a spirit of increase in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Lord of the harvest. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of increase. And Lord, just like Elisha, Lord God, perhaps there are some things in this place today where we need to, Lord, we need to burn some oxen and sacrifice some oxen. And Lord, we need to burn some of the way we did things. Lord, we want to make room for you in greater ways than we ever have before. Lord, we know as we make room for you, you're going to fill us more and therefore we're going to experience more uh, fruitfulness and more harvest than we've ever known before. Seems backwards that if we include you more in our lives, then we get more done. But Lord, that's what happens. Lord God, we embrace your kingdom principles today and we thank you, Lord, that it is your plan and your purpose and your desire and your Lord, your pathway for us, for us to increase every day of our lives. Lord, we lay hold of it today in Jesus' name. Come on, right now, just by faith, we've talked about putting a demand on the realm of the Spirit. Why don't you place a demand right now? Where is the God of Elijah? Come on, in my life, I lay hold of this. I push in, in Jesus' name. Release your expectation right now. Release your faith. We don't need to go into some huge time of prayer. But come on right now, place a demand on the realm of the Spirit. We receive it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, one more time. Turn to someone. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Come on, one more time. Give him a high five and say, The Lord will increase you more and more. You and your children, we carry a spirit of increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God one more shout of praise, shall we?